Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The editor-in-chief of the very athletic Bay Area, Jim Kawakami. Jim Kawakami, who has covered the NBA for over two decades. It's time now for the TK Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here at TK Show, recording from the home studio. Have on as my guest, my very good friend and someone with a deep, deep history with this podcast. One, one of the great histories with this podcast. It's the Mercury News' college writer, college hotline blogger, Gonzano and Wilner podcaster, John Wilner. John, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. That's right. I was there for the groundbreaking. Before, you know, before the, the beginning. Groundbreaking. Before, that's we right. went back in 2017. Yeah, that's the, when we were just starting this podcast in the early eons of life itself. Uh, we did a test one. We just thought, you know what? I, I, the higher ups maybe didn't weren't sure what it might sound like. I wanted to see what it sounded like, and we hired John. We didn't hire John Wilner because I didn't pay you anything. <laughs> that would be something if I hired you, uh, John Wilner, for the test run. Pop. I think we did release it, but it went quite well. Uh, Wilmer carried me through this, so uh, always appreciated. Always like to acknowledge your your roots in this. Got you. Uh, got you ready for that big Harbaugh. First yeah, Harbaugh episode. was the next one, and it kind of was a little different there. But yeah, I, I didn't want the Harbaugh one to be the first time we ever hit the record button. <laughs> we still hung up on him in the car. So uh, anyway, John Wilner is not here just for recollections, although partly for that. You're st- you're right in the middle of maybe the biggest story for West Coast sports in years. You broke the biggest story in West Coast sports. Was it last June? June thirtieth. Yeah, UCLA and USC going to the to the Big Ten obviously caused an amazing amount of ripples. Are we at the end of the ripples here, John? Are we are we finally going to see what's happening in the Pac twelve, or could this continue to go on for a little while longer? I think we got a couple more weeks oh. at most, and if it goes beyond that, then I don't. I'm going to question whether there will be a Pac twelve. I think they got to get get a deal done soon, and the commissioner needs to show the presidents that he's got something worth taking and. If that doesn't happen here, you know, end of March, early April, then it could be time to for the panic button for Pac-12 fans and Pac-12 schools. Oh, actually, I'll be blunt. I mean, I know George Klyakov has kind of kept to just, you know, kept it quiet, has not been that forthright to the media, hasn't been doing media tours. I think he was on your podcast, done some other things here and there, but not really, really out there. Is he is he up to this? Is, is he a guy who can make this happen in not the greatest circumstances. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, this is what he was hired for. When they found a, a commissioner, and that was in May of 
2021, you know, a big part of the reason they hired him was his background in media and doing deals and familiarity with sports. You know, he's president of MGM Sports and Entertainment, and he'd he'd been in in rooms when they've done deals and all that. And that was a big selling point was this is the guy that's going to handle our next media rights contract. And at that point, they thought it would the process would start basically right now. Because in the spring of 2021, Texas and Oklahoma, Oklahoma hadn't gone to the SEC. USC, UCLA hadn't gone to the Big Ten. And uh, he ended up kind of inheriting something of a mess. And, and then the L.A. schools left his first year, uh, you know, basically his first year anniversary. Should he have known about that coming? I don't know. I, I kind of feel like uh, maybe he should have, but at the same time, if you you got to take somebody at their word, right? And if you're asking your presidents and chancellors, are you committed? Are you committed? And they keep telling you yes, then at some some level you got to take them at their word, probably. When did you first get word that that could happen? I mean, don't give me all the details and sourcing, but you're the guy who broke the story. When were you really starting to get on that story? Well, I mean, I was kind of tracking it low level USC, not UCLA. I was tracking it low level the whole year. And it never, you know, my sources were like, ah, you know, not hearing anything, not hearing anything. And then it was that morning. I mean, I hmm. got a call. Uh, they're leaving. It was, you know, like 9 a.m. on June 30th. And it took me a little while to get it confirmed. And then, you know, just everything kind of broke loose. And I don't believe the conference at that point. I do not believe the conference office and the schools knew that it was happening. You, you could have been bringing it to them. I believe that is possible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it was kept super quiet. Yeah. And it wasn't until either the day before or two days before that the Big Ten presidents even took it up, I think, in an official manner. So the, the real surprise is that UCLA, you know, you know, UCLA, the real yeah. surprise is they were able to keep it quiet, given the bureaucracy and who had to be involved in the decision. Yeah. And who might have been arguing against it and who, you know, all the yeah. other, you know, all the other kind of you know, separate little groups within the UCLA corporate system, which which we both know so well. At the time, I was thinking, you know what? I think this might lead just to a West Coast wing of the Big Ten or some super group. Uh, we've heard various other like little things. They could, you know, the Big 12 now, the news, you know, the, the, the bubble is they could be taking the four corners, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State. You've had a lot of various, you know, Washington, Oregon, maybe the Big Ten. I don't know that those smaller pieces make that sense. Uh, I, I mean, maybe it's on the way to a bigger thing. Like, wh wh where do you come down on if it breaks up? Let's say this, you know, media deal isn't going to happen in, or going to happen in a way that a lot of these schools like. What's the most likely kind of secondary spinoffs of this? I mean, I think if the commissioner just can't get them a deal that is worthwhile, then those four schools will go to the Big 12 and you'll end up with, uh, Oregon, Washington, at Cal and Stanford in the Big Ten at some kind of reduced rate. I mean, I think that's very unlikely. And I think that it's possible that the Oregon schools, the Washington schools and the Bay Area schools will try to reform the Pac-12. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think the Big Ten presidents are ready for a Western division at this point. And, you know, I, I still am not sure how much sense it makes. I mean, you're a big you're a Big Ten alum. Mm -hmm. You want do you want you know, Northwestern playing Oregon and and basically a coast-to-coast -coast league because you got Matt Maryland and Penn State and Rutgers. I mean, yep. 
college sports is a regional deal. It, it would be like you play within the West Coast almost all the time, and then you play, you know, sporadically the big game. But a little bit, yeah. That would mess up because you know they want SC playing all those teams, right? I mean, that's the that's the problems they, they do. And they, USC you know, doesn't want Oregon in the Big Ten. Hmm. That, that part of their strategic calculation was Oregon is our main recruiting rival. If we go to the Big Ten and leave them behind, it's a huge advantage for us. So that's where I don't know where the Big Ten gets. Can they, you know, what's SC and UCLA getting $70 million a year now from the Big Ten? Basically. And I think they're probably worth that. They're LA and all the basketball for UCLA would, would add a little bit to that. Obviously, the USC football. But is Oregon and Washington worth $70 million a year? I don't I think can't so. imagine. I don't even think that's even close. I so, so, I mean, if they were worth $70 million a year, they'd be worth more than 30 in a Pac-12 deal. Yeah. So I, I don't – and, you know, we know Stanford and Cal, I, I mean – I don't even know what they're worth. We can we're going to talk about that later in the show where Stanford and Cal are in this. But yeah, you are an example of the reason the Big Ten is doing this because you know the second the city with the second most Big Ten alumni in the country behind Chicago is L.A. Mm. So that's a big reason they wanted to get L.A. and the Bay Area is up there. Mm. And so if they end up looking to to get Cal and Stanford, a lot of it's because they've got so many alumni in the Bay Area. They want to be you know, anchored to the to Silicon Valley and and all the money, and they want the Stanford and Cal uh, academic reputations. But the Big Ten alumni coast to coast nature is is a big part of their expansion. I just can't imagine what the, what would Stanford and Cal be like in the Big Ten? I mean, they're they're suffering in, in both men's sports already in in the in a Pac twelve that is not at that level. Then what would they be like going, you know, Cal, Michigan, right? Cal, Michigan State, Cal, Penn State, throw Stanford in there. It's, it, it, do they, where do they fit in this, Wilmer? I mean, I, I don't know if you, I talked to Fleming, Dave Fleming a couple of weeks ago, and I knew he had some strong things about Stanford. It was really, really strong saying that Stanford just doesn't have the management, the administration that cares enough about these sports to be in this world anymore. Like they either have to change that or maybe they can't be in this world anymore. Yep. Is that a kind of a, a, a sense you've heard around, not just Stanford, but around the Bay area, around the PAC 12, around the nation that as this thing gets tuned up, the NIL, all these, you know, the conference realignment, the TV deals, where do, where does Stanford Cal fit in this? That's the big question. It's an institutional issue for both schools, right? I mean, if you, if there were no PAC 12 and you were putting those schools in another conference based on how they fit. I mean, Cal would be in the Ivy League, I think. Hmm. You know, Stanford, maybe Ivy League, maybe the ACC, right? Academics, uh, a little bit, you know, basketball. But they, you don't think of those schools as in, in any of the powerhouse football leagues, for sure. Uh, and I think, you know, between the transfer portal and NIL, uh, they both are kind of grappling with where do they want to be the, you've got the faculty pushing back. You've got donors who are, you know, care, but don't care as much as you need to care, right? And here's the big thing. When players get paid, which is coming probably in a couple of years in that national, uh, the NLRB is going to rule on that. And there's a good chance in a few years that players are declared employees and every school's got to give their football and basketball players 50 grand a year, 25 grand a year as a straight salary. Cal and Stanford aren't going to want to do that. But if you're in the Big Ten, you got to be playing that game. So it is a very interesting 
dynamic. The sport is changing so much. And those two schools are so much rooted in the past, you know, and, and I don't know that there's really, they have the appetite to, to move forward the way you got to move forward to win. But at the same time, you know, big 10 presidents want to, they want to rub shoulders with Stanford and Cal, <laughs> right? They want their Nobel prizes and there's a, all the faculty. So it's a very interesting situation. Just being in the Bay Area, John, you, you know, you know, I used to write columns on Stanford football and Stanford basketball and Cal basketball, Cal football. Like this is stuff that wasn't at the top of the interest, but it certainly was in there. And when they were good, it was very interesting. Cal football with Tefford and Rogers and Marshawn and all those things. As someone who now the dean of the Pac-12 coverage, where what's it been like to kind of watch these games in your region where you live decline in importance oh man year after, year after year they are irrelevant and it's it's very unfortunate but you can see i mean every metric there is between attendance and tv ratings and just you know word on the street those two schools in the two big sports are completely irrelevant uh in the bay area and and i mean the fact is you're not writing about them anymore right and what mm-hmm. i do with the Pac-12 hotline, right? A lot of that is about the the West Coast in general. It's not built at all on on Stanford and Cal. I, now, if they got good, if they changed their philosophy and Stanford got good in football again and Cal got football and good, it got good in football again, maybe it would change. But right now, they're just drifting, and they are so far down. You know the the ladder in the Bay Area. It's it's a shame, and it's hurting the Pac-12. The fact that there's a black hole in the Bay Area for the two major sports is hurting the Pac-12. And it would be a much stronger league, even without the LA schools. It'd be much stronger if Stanford and Cal were good. I know you've talked about this a little bit, but if Stanford and Cal were where they were seven years ago, would USC and UCLA have stayed in the Pac-12, or at least had a much better shot at it? Uh, Stanford, I don't know how much connection there would be because hmm. Stanford, like USC, I mean, really UCLA is the the sidekick on yep. that move to the Big Ten, right? So it's really about what circumstance, what created the circumstances for USC to leave. And I don't know that Stanford and Cal being good necessarily would have changed it because the Pac-12 would not have gotten demonstrably more money the 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 media platform of the Pac-12 networks wasn't going to change. I mean, basically, it was USC getting a chance to play on the biggest stage, to to play, be right there with Michigan and Ohio State, and to be on Fox and NBC in prime time. And that offer probably would have been there from the Big Ten, no matter what. Okay. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I just was thinking there's big games. They'd be walking away from games that their alums care about. If play Cal, Cal's good. Yeah. Their alums care about that game. That's not the whole deal. You're right. The alums aren't voting on these things. But, you know, when you come into town or you get a trip up to the Bay Area and it means something, you're playing Harbaugh, you know, it's tougher to walk away from. I'm yeah. not saying they wouldn't for $70 million, but I it just to me, just because I'm here and, and I'm talking yeah. to you or someone's here, it just feels like the collapse of those two teams at the same time. And in basketball, men's basketball too, oh, you know, yeah. that's been, you know, just a, a multiplier to this. Yep. 
as you say, put a put a hole in the Pac-12, whatever. And I just think it made it easier for SC, obviously the driving force in this to say, you know what, it's not that big a deal if we leave this conference. It really isn't. Yeah, no, I think there's there's definitely some validity to that. And one of the unknowns is going to be the extent to which the Bay Area and the LA schools schedule each other going forward. Because, you know, I mean, USC and UCLA, they're going to want non-conference games on the West Coast. The last thing they want to do is have to go hmm. halfway across the country for a non-conference game. And you know, institutionally, uh, I'm sure that Cal and UCLA have talked about that, and there's going to be pressure on the Bruins to play Cal and you know Stanford and USC. That goes back to like 1905 or something. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure that there'll be some games scheduled between the the four. So we're going timetable here. If there isn't a deal, at least the inkling of a deal, let's say by the end of this month or whatever you want to say, like these teams start leaving immediately? It'd be like, bam, 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 done. Okay, now it's the dust is settled and there are four teams left in this conference? Uh, Well, I mean, I think everybody is putting, like getting their plan B together, which is probably smart. I am not sure what would happen if, well, first of all, I think that they're, I don't know that Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado are all in the same place mentally Hmm. about going to the Big 12. My gut is that Arizona State and Utah are much more interested in staying in the Pac-12. So in a scenario where the commissioner comes back and he doesn't have a deal that's very satisfactory, I can see Arizona and Colorado leaving. You know, Arizona in a lot of ways is a Big 12 school anyhow because it's so basketball so important, mm-hmm. right? Maybe those leave and Utah and Arizona State stay and they still got eight. And, you know, they can play with eight. You can be a conference with eight. And here's the key. It's all about the college football playoff, right? That expanded playoff, Pac-12 champ is going to almost have a guaranteed bid. And for Oregon, getting that playoff is a big deal. Yep. Getting Phil Knight a national title is a big deal. And I do wonder, you know, would the eight schools just stick together as as eight? They would get it. They would qualify for an automatic berth. So you oh, would they know. be guaranteed? They would. Would they be guaranteed to keep that automatic qualifier? They would because they would be considered a conference by the NCAA with with eight schools, and so the CFP would recognize them as legitimate. And as long as the champion was ranked in the top six, if Oregon's ranked in the top six in an eight team conference, Oregon is in the playoff, and the and hosting a first round game on your campus is going to be a huge huge deal. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it would be Oregon's conference. <laughs> it would basically be Oregon's conference. It would be. And they deserve it, right? They deserve it for keeping the profile up, for yeah. for fielding important teams that, that, that do lift the ratings. You, you, I, I read your interview with the Washington State president, very good, with Kirk Schultz. Yeah. Uh, I've listened to some other things. What do you just do? You feel a different tenor in the way, I mean, people are talking, whether it's on the record, off the record just in the last few weeks, few months, or is it, have they been pretty consistent about? No, I think that it's changed a little bit. They were more optimistic in the fall about what their valuation was going to be. And I think they were probably a little overly optimistic, especially once the big 12 got their deal, right? The big 12 got a deal that's paying 31.7 million per school. And that affected the PAC 12's valuation, right? Before that, the PAC 12 could say, look, Big 10 is at 65 or 70 million. We're close. We're close. And there was nothing else to, there was no floor. Then the Big 12 does their deal. And all of a sudden, ESPN can point to the Big 12 and say, well, there's, you're comparable to the Big 12. Your floor is down near the 31 million. So I think that they've had to kind of recalibrate their expectations on what the number's going to be. And the commissioner may have uh, tried to, he may have oversold it a little bit. Uh, 
so that in that way it's changed, but I haven't sensed that there's a, ch- a shift in that all of a sudden a bunch of schools are are desperate to get out. I think they want to be given a reason to stick together and they want to be given a decent contract. Uh, what's it been like chasing all these rumors, Warmer? Uh, I mean, I mean, it's, it's been like so a coaching much. search that goes on for nine months <laughs> with about there. with with twenty four schools. You with know? The, you've been there. It's been uh man. Well, it's been a, something. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually take a day off after they, this thing gets done. <laughs> it's it has been rough, and the thing is that there's realignment is the hardest thing to cover because the people who know don't talk. It's the presidents. And it's the negotiators for the networks, and they are not in the normal college football media ecosystem, right? Mm -hmm. They're not coaches. They're not recruiting analysts. They're not the people who are always chit-chatting with the media. So the real knowledge is like tucked away or sequestered with these people who aren't part of the ecosystem. And so the void is filled with rumor and innuendo. Big 12 rumors. You got to love that. Oh, uh, man, they're nonstop. They're <laughs> nonstop. And, you know, there is some truth to some of it, for sure. But a lot of it is just bluster. And figuring out that's the most taxing part of the whole process is, is figuring out what's what to believe that's reported, even reported by, you know, real media outlets, not just a, a guy in his basement. Uh, that's been very taxing. Do you have people checking in with you? Like, you know, not maybe not the guys deciding it, but sources a little bit below them. I would imagine like, they're trying to figure out what the information is. Yeah. Yeah. I've had some people call me and say, what are you hearing? For sure. And, you know, the thing is, because of the Pac-12 setup and because they, you know, created the Pac-12 networks, what was it, 10 years ago, I've been writing about the media aspect of the Pac-12 for a long time. And so those sources and contacts in the sports media industry have come in handy during this process. Most of my information, I'm kind of relying on the neutral observers in the sports media industry to help set my course and set my direction, right? The Pac-12 folks, they're optimistic. They're going to believe what what works for them, but that's not necessarily the reality on the media side. So I'm really trying to take my lead from what the neutral observers who are doing deals and have been doing deals for a long time, what they're saying. This is not a terrible time for John Wilmer to start a podcast about college sports. You and and my guy, Canzano, I'm a a loyal listener. Uh, How's that going? How do you you like the the, uh, podcast universe? You saw me doing it and you go, you know what? That looks so easy. Uh, you know, anybody can do it. Let's just go jump. Well, back. full disclosure to everybody. As, yeah, when we decided we were going to start start it, uh, I definitely got uh, got Tim's ear and, <laughs> and uh, asked him for advice because he's you. I mean, your podcast was part of like the model that we wanted to follow. And uh, that lunch we had the was very helpful. Thank you. <laughs> you bought uh, me lunch. John Wilmer yes. bought me lunch. Got to appreciate that. <laughs> no, it's um it's been fun, and it we we planned it in uh, to do it in like April, early May, having no idea that USC and UCLA were leaving, and then it was going to start this nine month saga that has been a source of endless content for us. I mean, nothing moves the needle in college sports like realignment and expansion. I mean, everybody cares about that, and you know we've had to kind of stop ourselves a few times and say, you know what, we we got to make sure we talk about football. We got to make sure we talk <laughs> about basketball a little bit and some other stuff. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun. 
and we've been fortunate to get a few guests on. So it's good. It, I, I love podcasting. You know, I tried to do one with the Merck. It just uh, was not uh, was not as successful as you. You were the uh, NBA All Star Game, and I was the uh, the G League. <laughs> it, it takes an idea, right? It takes like you yep. need a, a. Here's what the vision of it is. It isn't going to be that exactly when you start doing it. But if you if you just say, "Hey, let's just do something," that's not a podcast. That's like I don't even know if I said that to you, but I really do believe that. It's just like you got to have an idea of how this is going to go, you and how the personalities work, and what works with the personalities and what doesn't. Uh, I, I really do believe that. I was like, yep. I joke with people. I should do a podcast about podcasting yeah. because I have some very strong ideas as a woman knows. In fact, and I've texted you some of them since your podcast started. Yes, you uh, have. Well, and the thing is that, you know, what you said to me, you got to make it conversational. So yeah. you have to have, like you said, an idea and a structure, but you've also got to make it very casual. You've got to apply it very casually. Yep. Well, you, you got to follow each other's leads and, if someone just says something very interesting that you had not planned to talk about, you just go on that, go, go there and, and right. be willing to. And so you can always tell a struck overstructured podcast. You can always tell when they're just determined to go this point, that point, that point, that point, and are not willing or able to kind of maneuver around the interesting stuff that just kind of happens organically, or you hope it, you know, or you plan for it and it happens organically, but it should sound organic. Yeah. Uh, I feel very strongly about that. And yours is certainly that I knew it would be with, with, with you and Gonzano. Uh, and you're going to miss this realignment stuff. My God, this is incredible stuff for you. <laughs> it's, it, it, it is I'm sure it's, hectic. It's, it's, it's driven you slightly mad, but that's okay. Uh, you know, it's, this is just the fodder for conversation because people don't know they need to hear about this. That's why I have you on as a guest here. Uh, and why not just our UCLA ties all those years that we were traveling on the UCLA beat. That, that's a whole other thing. And just know that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm around Steve Kerr and Bob Myers all the time. And just think about the, the PAC 12. Uh, yeah. Ties with those guys. Oh, <laughs> for sure. Well, and the thing, you know, as, as my friend and your good friend, Chris Dufresne used to say, everybody's got an alma mater, right? And so everybody cares about college football and and realignment. Absolutely. Uh, And like has opinions and has things they want to happen and coaches that need to be hired and all those things. Uh, It's, it was, it was very interesting when Myers was part of the UCLA basketball search, right? I mean, like I've talked to him about coaches, who, what what could happen there, and then he's like leading the search. It was yeah. fascinating, and he always says like I could, I could tell you a story about that whole thing. Like, yeah, you're never going to, but I bet you you could. The people that you contacted, uh, who you know may or may not have been trying to just use you, and all these other things. It's right. fascinating. Oh yeah. All right, well, more we can talk forever and ever and ever, but I will end this podcast with a version of the question I ask every guest. I've asked you before, I believe. Uh, let's see. I'll throw one. I'll just kind of rotate it. Let's see. John, what's your favorite TV show right now? TV. Oh boy. Uh, that was the one I wasn't quite ready for. Okay. You we can switch what? it. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, I, I have, uh, there've been a few times where I've kind of needed to zone out over the last, uh, nine months. I've, I've watched Seinfeld reruns a lot. Okay. Wow. Just, uh, just, it kind of just helps me detach from reality watching watching some of that stuff i was all set with uh with uh if you were gonna ask me about food uh favorite restaurant john Wilmer, go probably go with amber india oh wow we that's a place you and i've been many many times haven't been in a while uh but 
it's inc- incredible stuff. We actually should go back there. We should go back there. I'll just, you're, I don't know if you're in the city at all. I just went to a great restaurant yesterday, Brenda's uh, New Orleans Seafood or Southern Seafood or whatever they call it. Tremendous. Trem- it's been the courthouse, but with a friend of, you, do you know, remember Vince Chabria? The, yeah. The former point, yeah. Him and Adam Lordson. Uh, they're both work around the courthouse area. So fried chicken, unbelievable fried chicken. God, I, I never heard of this place until they suggested it. It was really, really good. Well, so. I hope you went and ran ran it off for five miles. <laughs> it was, yeah, I slept. I think I, I snoozed for just a little bit. Uh, all right, Wilmer. Okay. And, and, and we always have to say, why do I always call you Wilmer? I don't even do it consciously. Why do I call you Wilmer, John Wilmer? Jim Herrick, right? Former UCLA basketball coach. Used to have a nickname for all the beat reporters. <laughs> and I was Wilmer and you were Kamikawi, I think. That is correct. Yep. And I don't even know if they were nicknames. I think that was him actually just trying to say our names in his own Could have been. West Virginia way. But he was, Will, I always remember. That's a good question, Wilmer. Yes. It took I me a little him. while. <laughs> it took me a little while to realize it wasn't insulting me. <laughs> I saw he was at the uh, Warriors game recently. So uh, I, I got a pic. It was hanging around with him and uh, Myers. Myers took a picture with me and, and Herrick, but he never sent me the, the photo of it. But uh, same guy, hilarious stuff to 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 live through and go through. But uh, as always, great conversation, John Wilner. College hotline? Or are you still Pac twelve hotline? Pac twelve hotline. Okay, I was thought it was college hotline, and it was originally. And okay. you helped me with. You came up with that name. That was I be- your I contribution. I you came <laughs> up with the hotline. <laughs> I believe I did. I believe I did. I'll, I'll send you that uh, that royalty check any day now. <laughs> You get one, same deal you get for being the, the initial guest on the TK show. It's the same, you know, it's just comps. We comp each other at, the, at this highest level. So, all right, John, thank you so much, everybody. That's the show for today. <laughs>